Welcome to Get Spiritually Fit with Evangelist Michaela Fate. In this show, I am going to help you to build strong spiritual muscles. We are going to get real and talk about real life situations that we go through, but how to not only go through, how to grow through. It's time to get spiritually, to get spiritually, to get spiritually, to get spiritually. Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to the second episode of Get Spiritually Fit with Evangelist Michaela Fate. Thank you all for joining me for this second episode. I am so excited about today's episode. I tell you what, I am overjoyed. My guest on today's show is a very, very special guest, uh, served in the military for about 31 years has since retired from the Air Force, but has not retired from serving. Thank you, Jesus. Um, And so I'm so excited about today's guest. He worked his way up the ranks to become a chief master sergeant in the military, has written three books, the very latest book, Pathway to a Positive Mental Attitude. You can find that on Amazon. He is a professional certified life coach who specializes in personal growth, relationships, public speaking, leadership, management, and career coaching. Hallelujah. I mean, just reading that is just incredible. Uh, He also happens to be uh, the father of my beloved husband, my best friend, and ladies and gentlemen, the Lefford Faye. Dad, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Oh, thank you very much. You know, all of that stuff you said, the coolest thing that you said was dad. I love that. <laughs> well, amen. <laughs> I think that that's probably the best title that you could have, right? Oh, yes, ma'am. All well, right. only, only second to granddad. I think that's the biggest, most special. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, of course, of course. That's a, that's a good one to top being dad. Yes. yes. All right. So we are going to be talking about one today's show. This is a special show, and we're going to be talking about leaving a poverty mindset behind for your purpose. And I mean, there's, we all need to do that. We all need to learn how to do that. So many people suffer with a poverty mindset. I know that I have, and I know that I've been delivered from that, and I know that I'm still continuing to be delivered from that. I won't claim to be totally there. I believe that this has been divinely appointed for me as well. And so I believe that everybody is going to get a special treat from having uh, my dad on the show today because, I mean, who better to talk about leaving a poverty mindset behind than you, dad? Um, So why don't you give the audience a bit of a background? And first, I want to also say this. Dad will be speaking um, this Monday and Tuesday at um, Margaritaville Resort in Hollywood, Florida, on how to be a real success, which is one of the titles for his book um, that you can also find on Amazon. So I want to say that first, but dad, why don't you start off by giving us a bit of a background on how you grew up? 
and kind of set the foundation for the show. Okay. I, I would do that, but I'm going to ask the favor first. Um, you are one of the most spiritual women I've ever met. So will you start this off in prayer for us? So we got, so we are in a straight up mastermind with the almighty. <laughs> Absolutely, dad. Thank you so much for reminding me to do that. Heavenly father, we give you all glory and all honor that is due your holy name. And we love you, Lord. And Father God, I just pray for your anointed presence on this show today. Father God, I just ask that it will be your mind that proceeds out of my mouth and out of dad's mouth. Father God, I just pray that you will give everyone a receptive ear and heart and just open and soften every heart to receive this word, oh God, that has been divinely appointed by you. It is your will that we should come out of these dry places in our minds so that we can receive all that you have for us so that we can live that abundant life, oh God, that John 10, 10 says belongs to us. And so I just pray that you will anoint us, oh God, and just flow through this show today and let all who hear it be blessed and changed and let their lives be enriched. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Well, Michaela, thank you again. Um, it was funny when you asked about poverty mindset, because I tell people all the time, and I joke about it, because we weren't poor. We were just poor. We, we, <laughs> we, we were just poor. We were, but it was a bit of a mindset. I mean, you never got to meet my mom or my dad, um, but my mom and dad were wonderful people. They were great people. They were God-fearing people. They loved the Lord. They worked really hard. and they, they, neither one of them graduated high school. My dad was into sixth grade. My mom went to the eighth grade. My dad's dad was killed when he was a little boy. So they grew up poor, but there was this mindset that we weren't supposed to have riches on this side. But when we went, we died and went to heaven, then we would get all of our stuff in glory. And, and I used to tell people I wasn't a very good Christian when I was little because I, I had that mindset, but I was ashamed because I wanted some stuff then. And I got caught in that whole thing about wanting money, not the love of money, because I heard, I heard what people said, but is I received it. If you had money, there was something wrong with you, that you were greedy and evil and that it was you couldn't get into heaven. And so I was conflicted about that whole thing. So that was a part of the mindset. And then it's what I saw in my life that the people I grew up around were very poor. We didn't have a lot. It was back in the, I was born in the 60s. So you were still going through civil rights. There were lynchings. There were terrible things going on. And so there was, it was divided in our area. Now there were good people, black and white, didn't matter. But there was these mindsets where we were. And, and I think we were bound by that. And even after I started growing, I still had that negative mindset. And you were talking about a friend of yours whose idea of success was different. Now, I'll tell you, this was my idea of success when I grew up. I wanted a 1976 Pinto, and I wanted a little trailer on the end of town. I didn't want a double wide. I just wanted a little car and a little trailer. I wanted to graduate high school, get a job, get married, and that would be the best we can do based on we were poor and we black. That was, the, that was what you get. And again, it was it would hold people down because even the people that were trying to rise up out of that, 
there were people in the community that will pull you down and say, you just want too much. You're greedy. You're gluttonous. You're, you know, they put, they threw God at you. And that was, to me, it was the enemy. As I grow older now, I'm like, when you can get somebody thinking that even though God said that we are, we're beautifully, wonderfully made and there's abundance and there's, he is enough for everything that if we want anything that we are, we're sinful because we want that. So I grew up with that mindset and I carry it. I, you said a beautiful thing. You've been, you're, you're being saved. You're being pulled from that process. You're constantly growing. I struggle with that poverty mindset every day, even though I know it is there. Poverty is one of the six, what they call the ghost of fear, the, the, the six things that can separate you from the body of Christ. And one is fear. One is fear, because if you fear something and you fear poverty, you will never have enough. And even if you have a lot, you're going to want more because you fear that you're going to lose it. So growing up in an environment where I didn't think I was going to get much, if I got it, it was simple. If I got it, I was never going to be able to keep it. It was, it was a terrible, terrible way to grow up and live. And so again, it, it was a constant fight and it is continuously to be a fight for many of us. Now, dad, you said something, you talk about this in your book. You talk about the ghosts of fear and one of those being the fear of poverty. Yes. I believe that many people fear being in poverty. I believe it's, it's, it's like this. They either fear that they're going to, if they have a lot of wealth now, that they're going to possibly in, end up back in poverty. Yeah. So I believe that that can cause people to hoard. I believe yes. that it caused them to live in that fear of if I do this or if I do that, or if I invest in some type of way, I'll be back in poverty. Or the, another side of the poverty mindset, I believe it could be not having good money management skills. We spend, 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 and spend again. Right. And, and not, some people don't try. You get the don't try. You get that. I just well spend it because I'm going to lose it anyway, just as well enjoy it. And, and there is that you're going to lose it. So it's always constant fear. So think about it. The difference between the, the impoverished and the, and the wealthy, and I'm not talking about moral. I'm just talking about the impoverished and the wealthy. The wealthy invest first and then spend the rest. The poor Say, I'm going to spend the, I'm going to spend first and yeah. then invest last. Yes. I mean, you pay first, you pay yourself first, you tithe first, you, you take care of your primary responsibilities first, knowing and understanding that more can come. The, this whole thing of fear of poverty, when you're in a, when you're in a state of fear, you, you can't invest, you can't give, you can't, you can't receive when you're holding your hand class. The only time you're going to receive something is your hands are open. That's good. Uh, Michaela, I tell you, this is my deal. I think, and I know this is country, but this is how I think. I think we're like at the golden corral. This is our world is like the golden corral. And most of us are walking around with a little saucer starving to death when we have an abundant buffet. Um, wow. You know this. God makes things two ways, perfectly and abundantly. Amen. And if it's perfect and it's abundant, then we can have it. 
but we are afraid and we won't go get it. And something tells us if we want it, there's something wrong with us. And that whole, it's hard to manifest any of this stuff in your life when all those things are between you and the source. It, it's just very, very difficult to receive it. Wow. That's so good. And I, I'll tell you, I've discovered that. Um, something that I've discovered recently about, you talked about greed, mm. is that greed is, it's more of a heart problem than it is a money problem. People that have, um, are, that are filled with greed, I believe have a poverty mindset. I believe that they are, they live in fear. Now, some of it comes from another root, um, but I believe that fear is the root of a poverty mindset. I also believe, and I want you to touch on this, Dad, because I also believe that not believing in yourself and thinking very, maybe low self-esteem, not thinking very highly of yourself, I believe is a part of a poverty mindset because I believe in, in people's mind, if you believe, well, I'm not good enough, I, I don't have what it takes, I, I'm not gifted enough, I, I don't have the talents, which we know that's not true. God has given us talents and abilities. He's given them to everyone. But if you believe that, that will keep you in a poverty mindset. It, it will. If you've ever, you have a, you have a puppy. When you have a puppy, you have, well, I mean, she's older now, but it's a puppy. If you can tell a dog or a cat that has suffered and had want in their life, because they go at the food like they'll never get any more. And they'll almost make themselves sick because they're gluttonous. And that's fear because I got to get it before somebody else does. It's a scarcity mindset that there's not enough. There's not enough. So I got to get all mine, even though it make me sick. And so, and, and when you hold on to it, you can't really enjoy it. Just, food, just like riches, just like love, just like fun is to be savored, not you know, hoard it and just grab because you can't really enjoy anything that you're just grabbing and gobbling down. So I, I 100% believe and understand that you're telling the truth when you say that people are, are gluttons because they're afraid that they're going to lose something. But again, if there's, we have everything we, I believe that everything we need is already here. It is all we got to do is plug into source. We got to have, I think we lose the connection with our faith, our faith in God and our faith in ourselves. I think we look and faith and we have loss of faith in society. If ever, if you knew for a fact, then especially Christians, I'm a believer, right? So especially us, we will say that we believe that everything we have dominion over everything on this, but we don't act like it. That's good. We don't act like if we really believe that we would have faith that anything that we ask for will be given unto us. Now, I think people miss up the given unto us. We got to work for it. You talked earlier about this action piece, applied faith. Faith to me means that if I pray and ask God for a bountiful harvest, I need to get ready to go to work because the stuff is in the field. I got to go get it. The, the riches are in the world and it is on us to go get it because we've been equipped. 
We've been blessed. We've been given. We've been talents and gifts to go out there and get what we're required to get in the name of Jesus, right? So, but a lot of people, I don't think I can get it. Or it might, Michaela, you're very talented. You're very pretty, so you can get it, but I can never get it because it's not me. Or my mom can get it or my cousin can get it, but I'm, I'm not good enough. God's made some serious mistake that I'm the flawed one that I cannot have what he promised me. Yes, that's that. How does that make sense? Well, dad, you, I mean, you just, you hit the nail on the head time and time and time again. That's that spirit of unworthiness. And a lot of people suffer (laughs) with the spirit of unworthiness. I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not that enough. No matter how many times you read in the word of God that God said you're this. God said you're that. God said this is yours. God said he wants to bless you. For some reason, it doesn't connect in our mind. And I believe that it's because we have adopted and chosen to believe our circumstance, our environment, how we grew up, what we've learned over what God has said. And whenever we choose to believe something contrary to what God has said, then we've actually chosen to believe lies. So therefore, our mindset is going to, is shaped and we're going to look through that and we're going to believe that this is true about me. So that means that I can't have this because now we're believing something contrary to what God has said. So I love what you're saying, Deb, because you're speaking to to the spirit of unworthiness, to people who are filled with a poverty mindset. And I truly believe that many people, they want to use their gifts. They want to walk in their purpose. They want to walk in their calling, but they are, they're afraid. And I'll tell you, I believe a lot of people are afraid of the fear of failure. I believe that many people are afraid and they say, if I don't try, I can't fail. So I'm just going to stay at this status quo level. I'm just going to do only what feels comfortable to me. And in that little comfort zone, they want to stay in that place because I mean, comfort zones are comfortable, right? So they're not, Uh, and I I hate that they are, they're familiar zones. They're not comfortable. Many of us, if you're living in poverty, if you're living in fear, if you're living in sadness, if you're living in defeatist, you're not really comfortable. You're just familiar. Amen. And 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 it sounds and comfort zone is oh I'm comfortable so I won't do it. And it's 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 hard to go to the place that you're not familiar with because of fear that you'll fail. But I I want to tell you, you ask for tactical ways to get over stuff. One, go out there and fail. It's okay to fail. Actually, failure is like a slingshot. I don't know if you've ever seen a bow and arrow slingshot. The further you fail, the farther you'll go forward. The further you fail back, the further you'll go forward because it's okay. People are, criticism is one of those other fears that people have, the ghost of poverty, ghost of criticism, ill health, loss of faith, death, old age, loss of people that love you. Yes. People will talk about you. My mom used to say this. They talked about Jesus. Well, amen. All right. <laughs> nice. All right, Dad. So you were talking about the fear being kind of like a slingshot. And you gave us such a good visual. Touch on that a bit. Yeah, well, 
one of the things that people are afraid of is failure. And you can't really get anywhere in life without failing. When we were children, when Eden was growing up, she constantly fell and got up and fell and got up and fell and got up. If you're afraid of failure, she would never walk. You just said, baby, don't try. I'll just carry you for the rest of your life. Now that's pretty good for the first three years, but little girl gonna be heavy. She heavy now. Was but she heavy? <laughs> right? I was about to say, yeah, you know but, that's so, when we got a meaty baby. <laughs> yes, yes. And so it's like when you fail, the bigger your failure, the further you'll go forward. You, you pull back and you go further, and that's when you have your biggest breakthroughs. Yes. When you don't quit, you just keep going. You get feedback. People, some people look at failure as failing, but failure is actually feedback. Okay, I shouldn't do it this way. Maybe I try it this way. Maybe I go in that direction. And that's how we get to where we want to be. Yes. But we've been fooled to believe that if we're, there's something wrong with us if we fail. The greatest people in the world have tried and tried and tried and tried. And even biblically speaking, I don't remember anything in the Bible that just said, boom, it was done, unless God did it. Every man, every woman, they had to go through a struggle, and their faith was what got them through. And they, and they had just enough faith, and so you keep going. And so I would tell anybody to go out there and try something if they have it, something that they would enjoy, something that they feel is one of their gifts, because your your gifts will make room for you, right? And if it's something that you gifted in, give it a go, give it a try, and go for it. And then you will you will see how many great things are coming to your life by doing that. But I talked about six ghosts of fear. One is poverty, two is criticism. So many people don't want somebody to criticize them. And scary enough, we worry more about us criticizing ourselves than somebody else. Uh, I've been married for a long time. And one of the things that I realized that my wife sometimes doesn't feel attractive or doesn't feel like she's doing what she's supposed to do or how she's doing it. And I'm thinking everything is fine. That's in her head. There's some times that I'm at my job that I'm doing my bosses and everybody else think I'm doing a great job. I'm thinking I'm not getting it. So self-criticism is probably the toughest criticism that we have to deal with. Wow. That's powerful. And that is so true. I tell you what, um, a prayer that I, that I pray over not only myself, but other people is Lord deliver us from us. Yes. Uh, because sometimes we are our own biggest critic. Um, and like you said, it's in our own minds. And so that's why we have to be delivered from this poverty mindset. Um, something that I found when I have read Genesis 1, 28, and it talks about how God blessed them and he told them to be fruitful and multiply. I want to talk about that for a second because I have found that be fruitful is different than what I originally thought that it was. Now, it does mean to have children. It, do, it does mean that. But if you look up be fruitful in Greek, it actually also means be productive. I, you know, I was about to chew my tongue off when you were going there because it, it's almost like the gift of the, the, the story of the talents. It's yes. the same thing. God is constantly showing us what he wants us to do, right? Yes. And, and it's like 
when, when God gave each one of the, you know, give you one, give you two, give you five, what did he want us to do with all of that? The person that he gave two, he expected four. The person he gave five, he expected 10. The person that he gave one talent, he expected them to double it. That's right. Be fruitful and multiply whatever gifts that you have. Hallelujah. And it's almost like God gives us a gift and the, the best of the worst, and understand me, the best of the worst is just bearing it and not using it. Mm. The worst of the worst is throwing it back in his face. And that's what I think many of us do. We get all these gifts and we, and they're there and we have to work the gift. We have to work the muscle. And when he comes back, he's going to expect us to live. And not, not even when he comes back, I think he expects us to do with what we have because that glorifies be fruitful and multiply in everything that I give you. Yes. Everything. Amen. And, and it is so frustrating and it's frustrating because I did it for so long. I did it for so long. God gave me the, the, I, I believe he gave me the gift of, I love people. Yes. I I care. I want to help people. I can speak, but it wasn't pure speaking. It was the ability to speak. And so I'm supposed to speak and multiply and help people by the use of my voice because that is my gift. And if I was to not do anything with it, Michaela, if you weren't to follow your ministry and do what you be obedient, you would not be multiplying. You were meant for more. I was meant for more than what we do. And if we would get out of, if we would get out of our own way. Amen. And if we believed it, uh, we, t- I remember this was a few years ago, you, you were driving out. I, I was driving. I was talking to you on the phone about how sometimes you pray for stuff and then you, you're in prayer. And then all of a sudden this thing happens and, and then yeah. you're like, God, you sure? Is this mine? <laughs> Is that the enemy? Who's sending this? I'm like, wait a minute. Didn't you just pray for that? And then he wants you to do something with it. Yeah. Or I read a book the other day, or she wants you to do something. God wants you to do something, and we're not. <laughs> and so I think okay. that, is, that is the most frustrating thing. And I, I love the fact that you picked that up. Be fruitful and multiply is more than just having babies. It is like, it is birthing everything. And another thing that gets on my, another thing that gets me, I think in, in the beginning, God worked six days and took a day off. God rested, right? Yes. I think we're required to six days work, one day rest. And that we weren't meant to be in leisure. I think that, I think rest is a, you use rest to renew your spirit, your soul, and your body, not as a, not as a, a destination. I think many of us That's are good. working to a point when people say you're not retiring, you can retire. I said, I kind of think that I'm supposed to be here working those six one until I go home. <laughs> you know, the people mad if you work on Sunday or you work seven days, but I think it's just as bad to work seven days or to work five days. But that's just me. We, we're, we're supposed to be fruitful and multiply every day. And you can be in the spirit, in the physical, in the financial, in the mental, in the emotional, in the social. I think we're supposed to multiply everywhere we go. And, and I think that we do that by giving, knowing that we're going to get it back. 
If you have a scarcity mindset, I cannot give you anything because if I give it to you, it's gone. In, an, in, in a growth and affluent mindset, I'm going to keep giving. It's like that old song, you can't beat God giving. Yes. Everything is out there and, and it's just there and it'll continue to grow as long as we do as we're supposed to do. Wow. And, it, and the blessings will continue to come. It, it just it just works, even when it doesn't look like it. Because I don't want to be saying, well, what about that time that my lights went off? True, stuff like that happens. <laughs> but that is just, that's, that is sight versus vision. Because if good. you know, if you know for 100% that God is faithful, Amen. if you know that, yours is going to come. But you got to do your part. Well, amen. I think. Well, I think that that's very true. And I think that what you've said is just so powerful. I think that a lot of times we, we get the order wrong. I think that I believe in standing on what Matthew 6, 30 through 33 says. It tells us not to worry about what we're going to eat, drink, or wear. He says, the Gentiles seek after those things. Your heavenly father knows what you have need of before you even ask. Mm -hmm. But he says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of those things shall be added unto you. God wants to constantly be multiplying in our life. I think that we need to prioritize our life and get the order right in our life. because. With a poverty mindset, I believe that we have our minds on the wrong things. I believe when we get the order right, that God can trust us. Because the Bible says that if we are faithful over a few things, God will make us ruler over many. So we want to be faithful over the few things. But God has to put some things in motion. God has to change our mindset so that when he multiplies that we are not just wasting. I believe that a poverty mindset is a wasteful mindset. I believe that it's also an unproductive mindset because when you have a poverty mindset, if you are filled with urges and you're ruled by them, if you are ruled by impulses, then you're going to waste more than you're actually saving or even able to give. Now you may still give, but I believe that if you're wasting, I I believe God is not a wasteful God. I believe that God wants us to be good stewards of what he has given us. And that's what you said about the man with the talents. I mean, that to me is a poverty mindset because he buried it. It it was unproductive. I mean, he did nothing. So I believe that God wants us to use what he has given us wisely. And I believe that we've got to get to the core of it. And the core of it is seek first the kingdom of God, grow in the grace and the knowledge of God, learn who God says that you are, because with that knowledge, that's going to produce something in you. That's going to produce a confidence in you. Not that's coming from you or your own abilities or your talents, but that's coming from God. And when you believe that, what's the saying? If you, when you know better, you'll do better. When you believe what God says, then that will change your mindset from a poverty mindset to a kingdom mindset. Right there, believe in, faith in. Because Eden knows 
that mom and daddy going to provide food for her. Yes. She does not doubt that. That's right. Our father who is in heaven is going to take care of us. Amen. When you say seek first the kingdom, that's seeking the understanding to know and have faith that he is faithful. It's there. Amen. Perfectly and abundantly. It's there. We just got to believe in it and go get it. Amen. That That's what gets me. I, 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 there's, there's no, I, God is not wasteful, but he produces things perfectly and abundantly for everything. Amen. So that, that's the thing. That, and, and again, I didn't have that understanding. I thought I had to do it on my own and I had to horse trade. It was almost like, God, if I do this, I'm going to get that. I'm, I'm making deals with God, right? I mean, you probably never done nothing like that, but I, I made deals, right? But then, and I, but I can imagine, and I know he didn't do this, but I can just imagine, he looking at me like, look, I gave you everything. I love you. You're mine. You are mine. And you have access to all of this if you only believe in me. Amen. That's it. It was no, it wasn't believe and then do this double backflip. It was believe and then <laughs> walk out on faith. And Amen. that's walking out on faith. It's there. Now, again, you have to labor because I don't think anywhere in the Bible they say anything about don't do labor. No, it, it actually says the opposite. Labor. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> so like, go to work. And, and I, he's given it to that's what I'm saying. And I think that we have to be if you're faithful over a few things i give uh, many i think because as you walking it out and walking in faith you're getting more you're having access to more but the reality is in my heart and mind it is there and again sometimes the gremlin sometimes it's leopard sometimes it's the enemy sometimes it's just society sometimes i forget that yes. i get distracted yes but Sometimes I just got to back up and say, he made the promise. Now, I can't always depend on me, but I can always depend on him. Well, come on. So I'm the one that's separated, not him separated from me. That's right. Well, amen, Dad. I think that what you're saying and what I'm hearing you say and what I'm agreeing with you is that we have to seek God's face and not his hand. Yeah. We have, but we first, we have to believe because I mean, the Bible says that he is a rewarder to those who diligently seek him, yeah. you know, faith, you know, we walk by faith and not by sight. So we have to believe. And I think that that's the core. I think that that's the core from being delivered from a kingdom mindset. We have to believe in the one who said that he will provide all of our need according to his riches and glory. Yes. I mean, if we believe that, then we will not live in fear of being in poverty, fear right. of failure, as you speak about, fear of criticism. All of these fears, we can come out of that place of fear when we believe that God has all power. He has, he owns every cattle on the hill. It's his. Everything in the earth is his. He created it all. 
One thing mm-hmm. that I want to talk about too is I want to talk about I want to talk about creativity. I was talking to Calvin about this. We got the creator of all things has given us the ability to create. We have that God-given ability to create things. Mm-hmm. It only comes from God. Right. Every we co-create. We co-create with God. Exactly. But he has given us that ability to be an inventor. He's, he's the one that has given us that understanding and, and can put that into our mind. He's put that and embedded that in us to be able to create things. I believe that so many people have so many creativities and talents and different things that they're just not using because they don't see themselves as a creator. That's some of our faults, Michaela. That's some of us adults' fault because Eden is hugely creative. Absolutely. Finley and Fletcher, kids are creative. When y'all were kids, y'all were very creative and we took that away from you. That's good. That's all you did. You built stuff, you created stuff, you made stuff, you and that's how we are. That's why I think he wants us to be more like children. Yes. yes. Our eyes are wide open and we, there's possibilities and we believe all these great things. Yes. Even, even silly things that we think are silly now. But think about it. Think about it. A hundred years ago, it's, it's hard to figure this now, but a hundred years ago, these two boys was talking about, you know what? We're going to build this thing and we're going to fly it. And people are like, boy, you crazy. You ain't going to fly nothing. If God wanted you to be a flyer, you'd have made your angel. Of man. But somebody did it. Somebody developed a car. Somebody developed a supercomputer. Somebody, this what we're doing right now. When I was a kid, we used to watch this thing called the Jetsons. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Look it up on YouTube. And it was two people being able to talk like this and that was science fiction back in the 70s yes. and we're doing it now just like anything so we're all creative some people exercise that creativity a lot more than others yes. but it's creativity in in all things there's opportunities for us to be creative and we have to when, when you pray uh wayne dyer said that when we when we prayers us talking to god intuition is god speaking back to us that is us touching the face of God and him giving us something to go try. That That is what creativity to me is. It's like something that's unseen and it just, where does that come from? He's given us the ability to create, to co-create that there's stuff out there that we don't even, the stuff that Eden is going to be doing, Eden Fletcher Finley going to be doing, we can't even phantom at this point. Yeah. Amen. And that's and they're going to be creative, is especially if we if we take that yoke off of them, if we take that yoke off and tell them stop telling them what they can and cannot do. That's good. Um, be be open that everything, all the good stuff, isn't been revealed yet. Every year there's something else going. I think that's I think that's a huge problem in society today. We're just not create, and the creative ones are the weird ones. There's only a few out there that are doing it big. And, um, but this, this, some, how did you make a decision to go into the ministry? It had to be a calling. That's right. Yeah. And that's your creativity on actually how you do it. 
because yes. you're not doing it like everybody else is doing it. That's your gift given to you so you can reveal it and just go with it. I love what you said, Dad, because what I hear you saying is stop speaking poverty language. Yes. You have to stop speaking poverty language. And I it's mean, hard. Oh, yeah. I, I, yes, yes. But, but how, let's, let's ask the question. How do you do that? I think you're the average of the five people you spend most time with. If you hanging around with a whole bunch of people that's negative and talking down and you can, or you shouldn't, or you won't wrong people think you have to fill your cup with good, pure, clean water. If you pumping garbage into your body and all in your head, they used to say this thing about garbage in, garbage out. That's not true. Garbage in, garbage stays. <laughs> oh, amen. If you keep putting garbage in your mind, it's going to stay there. When they talk about wash the outside of the cup, but the inside is filthy, same thing. So focus on what you want. I love what you do. You're always constantly in the word. And when you're always in the word, you're filling your mind with the things that you want that's of God. And when you do that, then that's what you're going to manifest those things. If you think about poverty, if you think about fear, if you think about death, if you think about destruction, and then wonder why that's, these are the things that's happening in your life, that it doesn't make sense. So what is it that you want? Who are you seeking? What you, when you seek, you will find. If you ask for it, it'll be given to you. Amen. That is just the way the it is. It is. Amen. And it's, it's simple, but it ain't easy. Well, amen. Well, in everything, we are going to need God's assistance. I mean, we are going to need God's assistance on absolutely everything. Now, I want to talk about this. A few other things that I found with the poverty mindset. Stop speaking poverty language, which you're speaking to. Yes. Change your environment. I mean, I think that that's crucial. I think that the environment, and you just spoke on it a bit, the environment that you're in now, you can still have a changed mindset in that environment, but it's going to be even harder, I believe, when True. you are around an environment that is in people that are filled with a poverty mindset, because that's all you know. Yeah. It's like I spoke about in the conference and I said, you can get used to living in dysfunction. I believe yeah. you can get used to just a poverty mindset. It's normal to you. The other people live in that environment and in that mindset. It's, it's just normal. Um, another thing I want to talk about is repetition. Because the more that we do things, you know, it, it becomes embedded in our mind and in our mindset. And our mindset gets formed. So can you talk about why repetition is so important when it comes to a poverty mindset, doing something different, changing your habits to, to helping to change that mindset? We, we talk about auto suggestion and auto suggestion is keeping your mind on the things that you want and off the things you don't. If you're constantly in the word every day, study, study, study your reticular activating system. The science of the reticular activating system says that you're going to see continuously what you're searching for where your where your energy goes your emotion goes so and it's like a muscle that you're working out you keep doing the same thing it'll rut if you i grew up where there are a lot of dirt roads for kayla in in georgia and there if a tire goes down that same spot over and over and over it's going to get deeper and then actually if another car drives down that path 
they're going to get in that rut and keep going that same way. That's for positive and that's for negative. So the more you do, the, the more you do anything, it could be good or bad. Amen. That is going to be a habit. And that habit is going to be the thing that's going to take over your life. First, you, you get the habit and then the habit gets you. So if you're going to if you start doing the right things, the things that's going to better your life, better your circumstance, you do that over and over and over and be intentional. If you do it intentional, you do it morning, noon and night, you're going to get to the point where it becomes a habit. You do that for 21, 30 days, and then there's a better chance that you can keep that going. So I, I think it's hugely important to develop appropriate habits. Now, Dad, wouldn't you say that is the same case for good money management? Yes. I mean, that's the same formula. I think if you learn five or six basic fundamentals in any part of your life, you will be successful. It's budgeting time and money. Let's go there. If you take, let's, and this is what I'll tell you, it's just like dealing with kids. If you teach your daughter 70, 10, 10, 10. Pay yourself first. Pay the church first or donate or give first and then invest a bit. Pay your seven. Use your 70 other 70 cents to live on. If you start doing that, that's a basic fundamental. You will grow and be successful. Compound interest will help you. If you budget your time, if you put your main time on the things that's most important to you, your faith, your family, your friends, your finances, and having a little bit of fun. Those are the five things. If you do in that order, you will be successful. But you have to, you have to do the habit. Budget your time, budget your money. I can tell a person's bank balance by watching how they spend their time. That's good. And how they spend their money. That's good. If you if you and I made this mistake when I was uh, when I was married to Calvin's mom. I focused more on the job than on the family. I was doing it for the right reason, but I was doing the wrong thing. If I would have had a discussion, many things would have changed or could have changed. If you look at it this way, what is your most important thing? If you give the the best of your time to something that doesn't matter and you give the rest of your time to the people that you love and the things that you love, you're wasting your life. That's good. That's powerful. And it's, 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 it's just truth. So again, I'll ask anybody in your, in what are the things that's most important to you? And then you schedule time to do those things. And you just, you just do that. If your wife, and children, if your husband and children, whatever you say is important, put good time in there and then be, be intentional and be fundamental and foundational with that. And then you will see great outcomes. It's just, it's, you cannot, it cannot come out any other way. And if you, if you're, some people major in minor things, major in the major things in your life. Does That's that make good. sense? Yes, it does. Wow. I, hey, that's powerful stuff. That's good truth. Um, Dad, I so appreciate you being on the show. I'm going to have to have you back for part two of this. I mean, yeah. this poverty mindset is like, this was powerful. Um, 
and hopefully prayerfully everybody listening has received what the word that has been spoken from my father in love because this has just been in a one powerful interview dad i mean i believe it's going to help so many people even to bring that awareness we we've talked about this before that awareness alone helps people to realize you know what i think that i might have a poverty mindset but here's the key you don't have to stay there exactly you don't have to stay there and Michaela, you before you can beware something, you gotta be aware of it, right? If if you don't know that there's such a thing as a poverty mindset, if you don't know that there's such a thing, you could be trapped by it. And it's worth getting into that conversation to ask yourself, do I have a what is a poverty mindset and do I have it? And what do I need to do to get out of it? Sit with that for a while, meditate on that a while, get with people and discuss it. It can change your life because you're looking at fundamental principles that many of us just walk past and not pay attention to. And we wonder what's going on wrong in our lives. That's so true. You know, I think that the key to doing what you said is seek God. You know, when you get before the Lord and when you make up your mind that, you know what? I've become aware of this and I want to change it. True change is going to happen when a lot of times when you get tired of you and when you say, I'm ready for change in my life and God is going to help you to get to that place where he has you to be so that you can walk in that divine purpose. But God wants to trust us over the few things and poverty mindsets calls us to not walk in our purpose. Because while we might see potential in order to maximize our life and get all that God has for us, because dad, I'm sure I can speak for you on this. I want all that God has for me, not just some. God said that it was mine. It belongs to me. Mm. So I want to receive what God has, what, what he has for me. And so in order to do that, we want to get before the Lord. We want to get into God's word and we want to discover who God says we are. I truly believe that when we know who we truly are, we will begin to see ourselves differently. We will begin to believe in ourselves because God believes in us. Yes. It's us that we have to believe in ourselves. So I am so grateful that you've been on the show today, Dad. This has been a powerful show. I invite everybody back for episode three of Get Spiritually Fit with Evangelist Michaela Fate. Dad, I love you. Thank you so much. I love you too. Well, well done. Keep doing this. You're, You're helping people with this. Well, you've helped us a lot on Get Spiritually Fit, so I thank you. God bless everybody. Take care. God bless.